Every Thursday, we'll be releasing a pair of interviews with some amazing nonprofits talking about their awesome impact in the communities they are in. We'll talk about some challenges they've faced and chat about their best tips and tricks that might just help your organization do good better. Hey, enjoy these mini episodes of inspiration that make a major difference in the lives of those served by these incredible nonprofits. Hey, do-gooder, what are you doing September 12th and 13th? You should join us at Raise 2022. It is one of my favorite virtual events of all time, uh, brought to you by our sponsor, One Cause. Listen, if you want a lineup of incredibly talented and smart human beings on fundraising and marketing and event planning, well, you need to make it to Raise 2022. Go to onecause.com forward slash raise Use the promo code DOGOOD22. It's for a $99 ticket that you'd normally pay $129 for, but because they are sponsors of the show and because they're amazing, they're going to give you a little bit of a discount. DOGOOD22 is the code. OneCause.com forward slash raise. Get your ticket today. I'm going to be there. You should be there. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Listen, it's one of the most compelling virtual experiences that you're going to have at a conference this year. I hope to see you there September 12th and 13th. Hey, these... Ticket prices and codes are good till the 15th of August. Come and join us. Come on. Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com, use the code word do good better at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Martz. Brady Martz knows that you've got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Martz is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services. So contact Brady Martz to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide you and your nonprofit. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. And who better to ask than a nonprofit leader? that is a a small, medium-sized nonprofit. In fact, here's what I would tell you. I would say that over the last two years in COVID, uh, the arts have saved us. That's just a fact. We watch TV, we listen to music and et cetera. So I decided to have um, one of my dear friends join us on the podcast today to talk all things about what she does and for whom she works with. Shirley at the Fargo-Moorhead Opera. How on earth are you? And welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. Thank you for the invitation. Um, I'm doing okay. Um, we just finished up our season a couple of weeks ago, technically. So we're in rebuilding or rethinking mode. But um, it was our first 
Oh, so, oh, sorry. I am the relationship director for Fargo-Moorhead Opera. Um, what that means is, I, well, actually, I wear a lot of hats, but my primary hat are um, fundraising for the organization, special events, um, PR and marketing, so all social media, and then ticket sales, um, as well as I do get involved in a little bit in some of the artistic elements of the organization um, because I'm a musician and a singer myself and have a background as a performer. So I get to bring that to the table at times as well. Every once in a while, I actually get to sing too, um, like I did at your conference actually mm. last summer. And it was, was lots of fun. I love hearing about all the things that you do because I think that makes everybody else's 10,000 hats that they wear seem a little less than the 10,000 that they actually wear because you do so much within that role. And I wondered if you can kind of give me a little background and history on uh, the FM opera because, sure, you know, sure. you know, if you're randomly switching through YouTube and you're like opera, the hell does that have to do with any nonprofit stuff? It's, it's fascinating. And I think people deserve to hear the history of said organization. So we have been around since 1968. Um, originally, the company started as a, a community organization. It was not a professional nonprofit. Um, it was called the Fargo-Moorhead Civic Opera at that time. Started up by, interestingly enough, a gentleman who was a leader in with Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Um, and then some other musicians and teachers in the area, they decided that the company, you know, this um, area could benefit from an opera company and they themselves were singers. And that was, I think, an outlet that they enjoyed and wanted to be part of. Um, <clears throat> so in about the 1990s, early 1990s, um, when leadership took over with David Hamilton, who is still the general director for the company, he looked into, they did some reshuffling, some rethinking and made it a professional company and ma made it become a nonprofit at that time. Um, so that's what we've been ever since. Um, what that means for us is that everyone involved with any of our productions is paid. We're the only local organization um, that pays everybody involved, in, including you know the, everyone behind the scenes, on the stage, chorus gets paid. Um, so that has been a really, I think, important move, was an important move for the company because it attracted more outsiders as well as got the community involved. Um, so we celebrated our 50th anniversary in 2018-19. Um, which was really exciting. And that's where I learned a lot more about the company because <laughs> I've only been here um, since 2015. Um, however, I grew up in the area. I went to NDSU and my first live opera that I ever saw on stage was with this company. So it's kind of fun to have come full circle back because when I left the area to go to grad school and go off to find my fame and fortune, um, I, my friend said, oh, you'll never come back here. There's nothing nothing that'll bring you back here. We're not going to see you here again. And I said, well, never say never. Um, you know, maybe the opera will bring me back. Having no idea at that time, that's what would happen. And it's been a, gr a great ride so far. Um, we continue to see interesting growth and changes within the organization. And um, my position was brand new. When I arrived, I'm the first full-timer <laughs> for the opera. Um, we are a small staff of three people. Um, so 
it does mean, you know, when you talk about wearing a lot of hats, that's a big reason why, but I actually am the kind of person that thrives on that. I don't like doing just one, you know, focusing my energy on just one thing all the time. So this has been a really wonderful fit for me. And I've really enjoyed coming back to the community. Um, Fargo's grown a lot since I was here as a student. And um, the company is continuing to try to do new and interesting things. So we're not sitting still. Um, We continue to try to find new ways to bring people to the opera. It's not as scary as people might think. Um, It has, it's, I jokingly call it musical theater on steroids um, because it's really the outgrowth of musical theater came from opera and a lot of musical theaters Um, productions have been based on opera stories actually so there is that tie um so i can as you can see i could go on forever about all of this but um listen as i love what we do well listen as a uh as a former theater kid you know how much i appreciate uh, (laughs) those things and most of my music tastes now i think have some sort of uh operatic flair to them if you haven't you're not doing like rock opera sort of things, or you're not being gaudy and, you know, just audacious on stage with some sort of flamboyant show uh, when you go see them live. I have no interest. And that's very much opera on steroids. I like, I like a musical on steroids is a great description. to it. And I love the challenge that you have for being a fundraiser and, and fundraising for music and art. And that's such a, uh, an unbelievable challenge to be in the, in the sort of the nonprofit realm, but there's always probably a story that you remind yourself of that gets you through a tough mind games that you play as nonprofit fundraising leaders, which is like, okay, this is the reason why we do it. And could you share sort of a a victory that you are constantly trying to replicate and say, Hey, this is what we're going to do over and over again. This is great because this is a big win for us and that gets you through the tougher days as an, as a fundraiser. Oh gosh. Um, I would say I always get reminded of why I work so hard and why this is important and what I love about it. When we go into a production week, the first opportunity that I get to see it on its feet with costumes and set and all of that it's really overwhelming in some ways because, and I'm not kidding, I, sometimes I tear up. There's always a point in every opera where I lose, lose myself a little bit in the what's going on and, and get so excited by, I get to do this. This is my life. I get to be part of this as my job, mm-hmm. which um, is pretty amazing. You know, when people say, find what you love and, you know, then you can make a living at it, I I've been that person. I've had music as part of my background, my entire career after college between teaching and um, uh, administrative and performing myself. So I would say the first and foremost, the biggest thing is the the production itself. When I get to see that up and in action, because there are many times there are some interesting things that happen leading up to that moment, as you can imagine. (laughs) Um, And then I would say the other thing is just, the when I see and talk to people after a performance, the excitement that they have, especially if it's the first time they've come to one of our performances or events too. It's not just um, that. Even at our gala, it's the the people coming out being excited by the event, impressed by what we're doing, had had fun. 
Um, and many times, and most importantly, we're surprised by it, especially that when they come to a, a performance thinking, walking in going, I'm not sure this is for me and saying like, wow, that was unbelievable. And I would probably, you know, I would tell my friends and I'd come back and we see that. So um, I would say those are the, the things that keep me motivated. Um, obviously seeing a big check in the mail, you know, unexpected is not a bad thing. Had that happen um, right after our 50th anniversary. Um, you'd have thought we got a million dollars, but someone said they were going to be sending us a nice check after our first concert of the season. And we were like, Oh, $5,000 for our 50th. It's going to have fives and zeros. Right. So um, when I got the check and I, opened it up, it, I had to ask my um, office manager if I read it correctly, because it was a $50,000 check that we had no idea these people had that those means. And um, we've, they've been generous enough to continue to give that. <laughs> and it was pretty unsolicited. We it was on, it was a lot, you know, so that's another thing that certainly, you know, that doesn't happen every day. Um, but I think it was leading up to that. It was the the friendship building and just staying connected with them. Um, one little thing we did was help them get to the concert because they weren't able to drive at the time. And they really appreciated that. So you just never know what little gestures are going to mean something to people. And, um, you know, I, I know a lot of our, our donors and, and care about them. It's not just, their pockets that I'm looking at. It's they're, they're the people that have really sustained us because they love what we do, which I really want to make sure they understand we appreciate, not just financially, but that they're bringing people to see what we do and um, continuing to come themselves and being seasoned subscribers and all of that. So um, yeah, I would I maybe gave you a long answer to a shorter question. <laughs> This is why I expect nothing less when a conversation when you and I get together and chat about this kind of stuff. And I think that actually goes because I think that's that's wonderful. It's the relationship building. It's the long term stuff. It's not assuming that they have money, but it's doing the small things. That's such a great reminder. Is this part of the series, the podcast that we're doing, which is talking with individuals who are boots on the ground fundraisers and 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 you know sort of leaders in the nonprofit world, exactly like you. It is a resounding theme that that patience and going above and beyond of things that don't cost you a penny, but mean the world to people who don't get treated like that from other organizations. And that's what makes you different than everybody else. But of course, people are always all looking for additional tips and tricks, surely. I will not get you to just say one of those things, because as you are in the uh, the arts, which is a very challenging fundraising um, place to work in, especially in uh, the Midwest, where, you know, unless you are on mini Broadway in downtown Minneapolis, St. Paul, it might not be as, uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, loud and proud in the, in the, in the theater uh, arts and theater realm. Um, could you give a tip and a trick for, for uh, our nonprofit listeners that you have found to be very effective? And I would listen, dear listeners, pay attention to this because from somebody who fundraises in this arena, everything else that she says going forward is gospel. I will let you have the floor, my friend. Oh, gosh. Um, well, I have always, in my fundraising pat journey, have always believed, first of all, that I need to be supporting the organization. So mm -hmm. I make, I am a donor. 
Um, I don't expect someone to give to something I don't also give to. So I make sure to always make that clear to people when we chat that, um, I mean, I think people, I'm the kind of person, what you see is what you get. And I feel like, I mean, you've told me this before. I feel like I'm pretty authentic um, and that people trust that, you know, if I'm excited about it, there's a reason and and I can't help hide my enthusiasm. So Mm -hmm. I would say that's one thing that, people respond well to, especially in this community, that they feel like you're being honest and that your enthusiasm shows that you're not just selling something to them that you don't believe in to just sell it. Um, So I would say that's the first thing to make sure that you're being authentic, be yourself. I think you're the one who told me that I should make sure to, because we were doing an exercise somewhere. And the second I had to plug in this information, I was told I needed to this story. I was not authentic anymore. And you told me, don't worry about that. And that was very freeing. So that's, I think I mentioned something one of the very successful. Yeah. I was like, that's very boring and not you at all. And I think, and, and Charlie, that's such a, an important reminder, I think, to tell people is that, and I was told once that enthusiasm will never raise enough money for this organization, Pat. I told that as a quote. And I go, well, the hell it won't. Because yes. enthusiasm is the only way that this is going to work. Because if you're not buying into it and you don't believe in it, People can smell BS a mile away. And I think it's so important that nonprofit leaders who are listening to this and who sort of absorb um, tips and tricks from uh, from fundraising gurus everywhere is it doesn't matter um, the if you get the story absolutely right. Or it doesn't matter if you're not doing the numbers in order in which you practiced in the mirror. If you're authentically passionate about what you do and you're knowledgeable, you hook them because yeah. they believe in you and they love what you say. I think people need to go and figure out where you exist on the internet and give you a lot of money too. So you can one day get another surprise $50,000 gift. And someone will say, because we listened to them on the old official Do Good Better podcast, Shirley, how do we get a hold of you, your organization, find out when the next season starts? How do we buy tickets? Give us all the deets where we can find and support you. Well, um, we have a website, fmopera.org. Um, that's where our, kind of our main base of information lives and where you can donate and buy tickets. Um, that's all one big unit. But we also have become much more active on social media. So um, I'm still trying to learn how to TikTok, but <laughs> um, we are on Facebook, Fargo Moorhead Opera. We are, you can follow us on Twitter um, at FM org and or fm opera excuse me and we have an instagram account which has become much more active as a result of our young artists being involved they do um i find we i i've learned through them that that's a platform for us to be engaging more with our younger a younger population and tiktok i'm being told is really where i need to also be doing some things so i that's my summer project for myself is to I am the one, I'm the only social media person, so as well as everything else. I don't know if I mentioned that part. Um, so as you can imagine, that can be just a full-time job if you want to do it really well. And um, I feel like we do a pretty decent job, but when the young artists are here or our performing artists are here, if any of them want to do an Instagram takeover, I have them do that. And that has brought us a lot of extra attention from places we might not have seen it Um outside of the area because their followers check in with us and start following us. And um, just after this last group of young artists and our production of Cinderella, I think our followers, you know, significantly increased on Instagram. So um, 
as much as social media can be time consuming, I also see that value. So it's worth it. Um, those are the main places. You can also, we also are part of Giving Hearts Day. So if you are a person who does your giving on that day, you can find us there. Um, or you can just mail us a check at our offices on 8th Street, 21 8th Street South. We're just down the block from Nicole's Fine Pastry, which is um, a blessing and a curse at the same time. Same time. I was just going to say that is a uh, that's a great one-two punch stop if you're ever in downtown Fargo. Exactly. Drop off a check and then go eat your weight in in, uh, in pastry cream, which is exactly. uh, not a bad way to spend your day. Shirley, thank you so much uh, for what you do. Uh, first of all, we're going to put all those in the show notes, so go click on that. And while you're clicking on that, by the way, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast. Get your butts to do so. Like and share this as well, because things that we talk about today will help you, uh, you know, sort of for the future. So go ahead and do that, whatever platform that you enjoy, and then immediately go back to the show notes and go check out uh, the FM Opera and uh, everything awesome that they're doing. Shirley, thank you so much, uh, not only for your just general awesome disposition and get to talk nerdy theater things with you is always a pleasure, um, but thank you so much for being a guest here on the official Do Good Better podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium-sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So if you're go-to dogooduniversity.com, that's do good, Y-O-U-niversity.com, and you register for one of the courses, I'm going to send you my best-selling book, Fundraise Awesomer, a practical guide to staying sane while doing good for free, because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com, go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, use the promo code podcast, take 25% off of anything that you purchase, and I'm going to throw in a book as well because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer, and I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today.